What is going on, gang? This is episode 18 of the Wall Street Poppy podcast. Man, I, I could tell you guys, for one, I am very grateful for everyone on the journey thus far. It's been a solid two years, you know, rookie season. Started a little slow, um, picked it up my sophomore season, feel more uh, comfortable in my in my position right now. Um, no, but all jokes aside, you know, I'm, I'm really want to push forward the brand, the content, the value here this year, man. You know, it means a lot for everyone that's been on the journey thus far. And, you know, I'm going to continue to provide that value to you guys, man. I'm really here to just help and provide knowledge that matters to you guys. That's the most important thing. So for this episode, I'm just going to walk through some of the things I learned this past week. And the idea is for the next couple of weeks and for this entire year, right? Like I want to be held accountable and I want to do one of these every week. So if you guys are down... This will be streaming on, you know, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and we're simply just going to get after it, right? So a couple of things this week, I have advice from the GOAT performance coach on earth, Tony Robbins. We also have defining your fear will 100x your life, the no BS way to build real wealth, and how Ray Dalio made $15 billion. So if you are interested in that, just stick around and let's get it. Cool. So the first thing here, Tony Robbins, performance coach, guru. This guy is a monster, 6'7", 250 pounds. And, you know, every time you see him on the stage, interviews, this guy brings the energy, brings the tonality, the posture, the body language is always there, right? So I wanted to tap into this. Myself, one of the things that I needed to work on is just simply my tonality. A lot of my videos were very monotoned and... It is one of those things that's like, that is my weakness in my game, and I'm trying to level up in that. So the only way to do that is to kind of emulate what the greats are doing. So Tony Robbins is one of them, right? So a couple of things he talked about that will lead up to what I'm currently discussing. The first one is, he says we are very distracted individuals. And obviously distractions are not optimal, not ideal to be the highest level highest performance that you possibly can one thing that he mentions which is already it's already mainstream you guys have already heard about this but it's just priming your state in the morning which is doing something that is ridiculously hard some people you know they'll choose that workout first thing in the morning tony robbins likes to do the cold exposure and he says that engaging in this will activate something in your brain and kind of keep you hardwired and tapped in and more focused versus not doing that hard thing first thing, right? So this is the first lesson from Tony and just simply saying, do something that's hard, right? So do something that is hard. Second thing Tony Robbins talks about, which is very important as well, is that our life and how we feel, like our mood, right? Like if we're happy, we're sad, we're mad, is dependent on our focus not like what's going on but our focus so he's simply saying that an individual that is happy is simply not looking at the bad they're kind of overlooking that and they're just simply looking at all the positive things and then an individual that's mad or sad is disregarding the positive aspects of their life so the first decision we need to make is we need to direct our focus We need to direct our focus. And then once we direct our focus, 
we then need to determine what is controllable and uncontrollable, right? So ideally, we focus on things we can control, right? That is ideal. That is the thing that we know is right, but it's hard to kind of act on, right? Like it's one of those things that it's simple, but not easy to do. Um, so that's another massive takeaway from Tony Robbins. And then the last thing here, man, last thing. He says, and this is all from the interview with uh, Theo Vaughn, by the way. So go and check it out. This was the first episode I saw with Theo Vaughn. And honestly, I was genuinely impressed, man. He was super genuine guy and he asked really good questions and his vibe was on point. So shout out to Theo Vaughn. But anyways, Tony Robbins told Theo that in order to improve your life as well, we need to change what's called like the biochemistry. So with these couple of alterations you could actually change how you approach life right so the first one he talks about is tonality right so like how do you speak are you speaking monotone at the same pitch every single time that is the first thing we need to focus on the second thing is body language so how is your posture right now like are you currently slouched down listening to this podcast on your couch or in your car or in the office right now and if you are we got to keep that back straight and also body language deals with communication. So we also have to figure out how to best communicate with our hands. If you look at the best speakers, man, like look at Jay Shetty, look at Barack Obama, all these individuals move in a certain cadence. So if you see they are doing something that's working, then we need to kind of take note of it and emulate it, right? So body language, body posture, tonality, and then the third one is kind of just like the overall breathing. So he says that doing these breathing exercises can help you feel significantly better. And um, it's one of those things that to implement in your life to kind of just like be overall happy, right? So this is all very important takeaways. And I know sometimes like a lot of this could be like um, in in one ear, out the other. And that's what kind of like the old Vaughn was talking about in the podcast when he was saying like, um, you know, a lot of times he'll try to do these things like he'll try to, you know, write down positive aspects of his life, but he doesn't really feel it like he writes it, but he doesn't really 100% feel like it is true. So Tony Robbins simply says, like, look, imposter syndrome is something that like we all experience, but we need to kind of accept that it is not true through actual like accomplishments and stacking those accomplishments and focusing on positive achievement achievements is recommended as a solid strategy to do this. Right. So, um, that is effectively the things that Tony Robbins talked about with Theo Vaughn. And I, I really wanted to like, just share that with you guys. Cause I really got a lot of value from it. Um, so let's move on to the next thing, right. In that interview as well, at the end of it, I think with like an hour and 50 minutes, Tony Robbins was talking to you about different types of investments, right? Like none of this financial advice, just want to talk to you about some concepts and ideas and things that he shared with Theo, right? So the first thing here I have in my newsletter, it's called uh, Becoming Mark Cuban 101. And the reason why I titled this is because Tony Robbins said that, look, honestly, the best investment is buying a sports team or having ownership in a sports team. And there's a couple of reasons why that I want to dissect with you guys. So like, let's just talk about the first thing right so everyone loves sports right like sports has been passed down from generations upon generations upon generations so the reason 
a lot of times this happens is because for one, they are a monopoly, right? So like the NBA, MLB, NFL, there's no other competitor in their city, right? Like granted, you know, there's sure there's some cities with two teams, but like for the, for the most part, it is fairly true to say that there is no competition. So with no competition, this creates that generational kind of like fan base, right? Like Buffalo Bills fans, New England Patriots, Boston Celtics. This is like generations of loyal ass fans, which translates into ticket sales, merchandise, jerseys, and, you know, money in the form of advertisements. So Tony Robbins had a stat that says that the, I guess the average annual return on a sports team is double of what the stock market does. So average return in a sports team is 18% annually. The average return on the stock market is 9%. So it does double of what the stock market does, which is pretty wild. Um, so granted, they're a monopoly that eliminates competition, that drives the loyal fan base for generations. And another interesting stat that Tony Robbins discussed was that out of the top 100 shows on TV right now, 92 of them are sports, right? So it still goes to show that for one, you know, a lot of shows have kind of transitioned over to streaming services, which should be a main driver. And, and it just shows that sports is still dominant. Like people still want to watch live sports on TV. And with that being said, they make so much money off advertisements in that way. And, you know, we, we've kind of seen that. We've seen that with the contract that was just signed with um, the Dodgers, the, the guy from Japan, the arguably the best two-way player ever in the MLB. He signed for $700 million. Now, like, you know, if you're not into sports, you'd be like, $700 million? Like, how is that even possible? Now, what we need to factor in is how much do you think they're going to make off advertisements in Japan alone? It's going to be a shit ton of money. So it just makes sense. The money is there. Um, Peter Guber, he bought the Dodgers for $2 billion, and everyone thought he overpaid for the team by $1 billion. But legitimately, seven days later, he signed a TV deal for $7 billion. So he made like a $5 billion profit in like, a week nuts so none of this financial advice uh tony robbins did mention though that there's actually a way for individuals like us to uh actually own a small percentage of ownership in sports teams so if that interests you he said to check out his book right so tony robbins just dropped a new investing book he says it's all there so um you know if you want to learn more about it i highly suggest you just check out his book cool next thing here defining your fear will 100x your life there's a lot a lot to unpack here guys like there's so much here um so pretty, pretty much this is directly from tim ferris if you want to learn more about this go to tools of titans like his book or on his blog fear setting but i'll just break down the overall gist of it right so long story short we'll just go through tim first story and we could apply it to ourselves right so tim ferris was at a point in his life where he was borderline depressed right and he said he talked about it in his ted talk that he was suicidal at one point in college and you know he went through a lot of shit and you know eventually he he got past that thankfully and he got to a point where he had a business right he was making seventy thousand dollars a month but he was completely miserable he was depressed and he was working 15 plus hour days so the idea was like how can i get out of this and for him, he said it was like doomsday, 
worst case scenario, like it's impossible. He'll lose everything he has. Um, he'll get sued by investors. Everything of that sort was coming about in his head, right? So the idea that Tim Ferriss had was saying, you know what? Let me make a scale of like a worst case scenario. So meaning one being nothing happens at all, like nothing bad happens from it. And 10 being permanent doom, you can never recuperate and you're like pretty much um, homeless forever or whatever. So what he realized is that we typically overestimate that worst case scenario by a lot. Like we typically project the worst case scenario is like a nine to 10, when in reality it's more of like a three to four. So he tangibly said, you know what, let me write down what would be the worst case scenario. So he started listing out all the worst possible outcomes, you know, the business shutting down, his bank account going down by 80%. And um, Tim had this mantra that says conquering fear equals defining fear. So once he actually defined, you know, what is the absolute worst case scenario? If I just stop working and go on the sabbatical trip for a year and go on vacation to Europe, what is the worst thing that could happen? So once he listed all those things down of like just going, you know, 80% drawdown in his bank account, losing his house, he said, you know what, at the end of the day, I could always take a bartending job to meet ends meet and sell a bunch of shit. So once he realized that, it gave him the power to actually do that sabbatical. And what ended up happening is that through that sabbatical, he got the idea and inspiration to write The 4-Hour Work Week, which is a New York Times best-selling book. And that completely changed his life. So one of the things that's important to realize is that I wouldn't, I don't want to say most of the times because I don't want to objectively like define what will occur. But from my understanding and from what Tim says as well, that he agrees, there's usually like a cap to the downside risk. In the worst case scenario, let's say you lose all your money and your bank account is zero. Well, you know, you're at zero. But the exponential growth is limitless, right? So you could effectively have a cap downside for a hundred X on your life. So that's kind of the things that Tim Ferriss talks about in just like, first thing we need to do is always define the fear. And when defining the fear, we could actually project, you know, what is the worst case scenario? And usually it's not as bad as we actually think. And then the two other things that I really want to emphasize, the first one is when he talks about fear, he also discusses this in terms of like getting to our goals. So a lot of times it's not like we haven't defined the outcome that we want. It's more of like we avoid at all costs the things that we are terrified of. So note to self, this is one of those things that I'm trying to get locked into and really just tap into my mind and say, yo, like, what do you avoid? Like, what is that thing, that fear that is stopping you to be where you want to be already, right? And he says the biggest like misconception that people have is that they assume that the only thing that's stopping them to get to their goal or point B is just time, which is not necessarily true because there is other different factors that are attributed to defining like that overall goal. So most of the time, it's not time that you need to get to the goal. It's simply like you need to do something differently. And usually that differently is defined by doing the thing that scares you the most. So that's the biggest takeaway that I was getting from Tim Ferriss in that standpoint of, you know, defining the worst case scenario to kind of like do something differently or like do that thing I've been scared of doing. 
and also defining the fears that will allow me to get to where I want to go to. So this was like one of those big realizations of the week that I highly recommend you guys like take on. And if you guys want to check out more, go to Tim Ferriss' blog, Fear Setting, just Google it, or you could just check out uh, my newsletter on wallstreetbobby.substack.com. Uh, but definitely want to give him the credit for all of this research, man, because it's truly life changing. Um, so let me see here. He wrote this thing and I'll just end it off with this directly from him. He says, considering the potential span of your life, 40 to 50 years of nine to five work, it's a substantial period if rescue isn't on the horizon. So like roughly 500 months of dedicated work. How many more do you have to endure? Perhaps it's time to minimize our losses. So that's a freaking banger. And also on my newsletter, I lift, I left a ton of different exercises that you could do. So like I have for one, clearly outline your worst case scenario, detailing the doubts, fears, and what ifs that arise when contemplating significant changes. All these exercises are directly from Tim. So I highly recommend you go through it, man. Like I'm telling you, setting the time to do these exercises is crucial. And if you tell yourself you don't have time to do this then you don't have a life, right? Like, we need time to think and just do things differently than we have to get different results. All right. The next thing here, and I want to leave you guys off with this, right? So Tony Robbins, you know, back to the Theo Vaughn video, Tony Robbins was discussing with Theo Vaughn, like, look, what is that, that factor, that thing that makes investors elite, right? So like Ray Dalio, to give you a background, he is, you know, he started Bridgewater, which is one of the most successful hedge funds of all time. And he has a net worth of $15 billion, right? So like Ray Dalio said simply, look, if you want to be elite in investing, this is what you need to do. You need to have eight to 12 investments that are not correlated with each other. So for those of you that don't know what correlation is, this is a simple example. If Apple stock goes up and Tesla stock goes up, right? And if Apple stock goes down and Tesla stock goes down, this is the idea of correlation. They move in tangent, like they move together. If one goes up, the other goes up. If one goes down, the other goes down, right? So the idea is saying you want eight to 12 investments that have nothing to do with the performance of the other, right? So like if you own Apple stock and you own the Golden State Warriors, obviously these are not really correlated, right? Like if one goes up, it doesn't really determine what the other one does. So he says, if you do this, this alone, this could actually reduce your risk by 80%. And that is the most important takeaway that Ray Dalio simply said. And um, one of the things that he also mentioned is that we need to understand like the dynamic of stocks and the stock market overall nowadays. There used to be 8,000 stocks and now there's only 3,600. So most of them, like in the Russell 2000, one of the youngest companies, 40% of them aren't even profitable. And when you look at the S&P 500, the list of the top 500 companies in the stock market, those are the best ones, right? So there are about seven of those top 500 that represent about 80% of the profits. So seven out of the top 500 represent 80% of the profits of what's going on there. So there's a very small number that has changed over time. So this is something we need to keep in mind. This is something you really need to keep in mind. And this isn't financial advice. Like I said, none of this financial advice, please do your own research. 
but I simply just want to share the knowledge that I've acquired, right? So like Ray Dalio passes on to Tony Robbins, Tony Robbins passes on to Theo Vaughn and his audience. I got it. Now I'm passing it down to you guys. And um, now you can pass it down to whoever you know, right? So guys, this is effectively the newsletter from this week. I want to say a couple of things before we finish off here. So for one, if you guys want this directly in your inbox, fresh out the oven every weekend, right? I send one email a week. Go to wallstreetboppy.substack.com and just drop your email and that's it. I will send it over to you every Saturday or Sunday. The second thing is like, if you guys really gain value from this newsletter, I am telling you guys, the premium newsletter is 1000% worth it. And here's why. The premium newsletter includes everything, not just some of the things, but legitimately everything that I learn every week. And not only if you subscribe to what I call my OG squad, you get my premium newsletter, you get my book club, which is a minimum one book a month that I consolidate and give you the biggest takeaways, right? So quick little kind of bit of advice, right? Like I consolidate 15 to 20 hours of reading a month for you, right? So 20 minutes, versus 15 hours and we could all fundamentally understand that like reading is important hence like if you look at the most successful individuals in the world the mark cubans the bill gates the warren buffett's they all are lifelong readers like they legitimately read hours upon hours a day right so like if we could fundamentally understand you know if all of these guys are doing this one thing it seems to benefit their lives why don't we do it and i get it the reason why is because we're so busy we have work we have relationships we have you know, we have to socialize, hang out with our family, friends, and I get it. It's hard to set time for it, which is why I created the book club so the average individual can read consistently. So I'm reading things, I'm learning things that is practical, things to, you know, better your life, whether it's financially, mentally, uh, physically, and I really want you guys to take advantage of it. So if you subscribe to the OG Squad, you get access to my premium newsletter, my book club, and lastly, you get access to all my masterclass and webinar videos that are private, right? So like once a month, I make a presentation and everyone that joins is allowed to ask me whatever questions they want. And these presentations are typically $50 to $100 per person to join, but you get it for free if you're subscribed to the OG Squad. So with all that being said, you can join the OG Squad for the price of a Starbucks coffee a month, right? So legitimately for the price of a Starbucks coffee a month, you get all of that access and you get grandfathered in. So if the price goes to 30, 40, $50 a month, you forever pay the same price. So that is my promise to you. My promise is I will provide you value and knowledge. And if you want to avoid information overload, which is like the number one issue, why people don't learn consistently. And they typically offer the distraction versus the solution, the Netflix show versus learning the new skill set the video game versus reading the new book, then I highly suggest to join the OG squad and trust your boy. All right. So I greatly appreciate each and every single one of you. I hope you guys have the best week possible. And if you guys like the podcast, share with your friends, share with your family, and I'll talk to you guys later. Peace.